Hi, I'm Commander Burr. And I'm Commander Reaney. And you're listening to the Loose Screws podcast. Good heavens, they're American. How frightful. Yeah. Ooh. Hey guys, it is July 30th, 2020. Howdy and welcome to Loose Screws, the American Elite Dangerous podcast. I am your host, Ty Worsham, also known as Commander Tierville. With me this evening is our resident audio engineer, Commander J.N. Trax. How's it going this evening, sir? Are you, what is that accent you're doing, man? It's I am thicker than usual. I have, I have jacked up our last <laughs> two or three intros, so I wrote it down is this he? time so I don't I jack am. it up. I am not going to let this one go away unjacked. Um, no, I'm I'm all right. Listen, our um, my daughter got a little bit sick the past couple of days, and the doctor said she had to do a COVID test, but came back today negative. So good. you know, we're good to go. Good deal. I was, was going to well. ask I was going to ask you about that, but I want to ask you offline about that. So uh, it's all right. It's all right. We're all fine here, and she's feeling much better. And it was nothing anyway. So. Also with us is our community manager, Commander Chig. How are you doing this evening, sir? I am doing fine and dandy. How are I'm looking, you? I'm looking out of the corner of my eye for some dog pooping gif. <laughs> I'll leave the poop out of it. I was trying to get my daughter's attention so she could grab me some chips so I could be crunching them into the microphone, but she's <laughs> ignoring me. <laughs> and last but not least is our squadron leader, Admiral Commander NL Hate. How are you doing there, Admiral? I I was doing good until robots took over at your <laughs> mic. I, I'm so up, I can't speak. See, this this is why I don't do this shit scripted because it doesn't sound right, and I can't I can't do it. It just doesn't sound right. It's <laughs> I I rewatched the first episode today, and it was clearly scripted. And it was. I and unscripted tie are very different people. So, so, okay, so that first episode, like the first 15 minutes, I recorded by myself and then meshed it in with um, uh, everyone else. Or meshed it in, you know, later when I recorded with everyone else, which I thought I did a pretty good job of for my first audio editing thing ever. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's real easy. I don't know why people get paid so much. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much to this. I can't believe I need to. I need to pay somebody to do this. <laughs> and that's, then it that's was, our whole plan. It was. It was about episode four or five that uh, I can't remember. Did you message me or did I message you, Tracks? I can't remember who messaged who now. Uh, I sent you guys an email. Um, I think I. I think I found you when you had three released, and um, it took me a week or two to decide to send you guys a note. Say hey, yeah, yeah, and that and What's, anyway, but yeah, it was that's that's how everything started. So that's how anyway. We'll we'll cover all that in the uh, one year anniversary. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, um, couple of th- things. Um, got an email today from someone who started the game, come across our podcast, and then quit the game after about a week of playing because the game was too hard to configure it out. And they didn't really talk to us about it. So if that person didn't join Discord, this, apparently. Yeah, they didn't join Discord. So you should always join Discord. Um, 
because they didn't ask us anything. So um, if that person is listening or if anyone else has started just playing the game and come across this show, uh, please, by all means, don't quit playing. Hop into our Discord and uh, ask questions. Like, we can help you. And if there's no one in voice in the Discord, I guarantee you there's someone in text in the Discord where we can uh, uh, point you to a, a how-to video or help you out later that evening mm-hmm. or something. Someone so is always watching. Yeah. Our average response time is less than 10 minutes. Right. Which that's you know, crazy. It really is. Um, we, and it's my experience that we like helping people. Like it seems like a lot of people like to help people. So at least in our community. So I think our, that whole, if, our whole community is full of very, very helpful people. So yeah, it, it could come to the discard, just drop a question, just in general chat, even and somebody will get back to you really quick. Right. So that's that. So tomorrow, January 31st is the great Friday night screwballs. What's Friday night screwballs, you might ask? Well, Friday night screwballs is that we are all going to meet up on in the planet, uh, Eps- I'm sorry, the system Epsilon Indy on the moon of Midorand Hollow. And it's a little tricky to land on, but it's not impossible. Uh, but after you land on it, uh, we will have a uh, place set up. I don't know the coordinates yet. I'll put the coordinates into Discord later. That's what and, I was going to ask about. Well, my plan originally was to uh, get on earlier, fly to Mitter and Hollow, and then pick out some coordinates and relay them. Unfortunately, um, life happened, and I uh, didn't get on until now. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so we're going to go there, and um, I am going to be flying in, in the middle, and within any radius around my ship of one kilometer, you have to land your ship and hop into an SRV. And then once everybody's ready, I'm going to drop a guardian orb onto the surface. And you will have to roll that guardian orb to your ship, scoop it up into your cargo hold. You can't scoop it beforehand and then get it into your ship and then take off. You can't shoot each other but you can ram each other. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> um, you have a maximum of two SRVs. Once you're out of SRVs, you're done. Um, <laughs> I have, uh, I think I have 110 or 109 or something like that of guardian orbs. Uh, thank you to Alex Turner. And I think you brought me some tracks. And <laughs> Three. <laughs> I don't know who else brought me some, but I know someone uh, sold a few on my fleet carrier. So the people who did, thank you. Um, we will be using them. Um, and I got a feeling we'll go through a lot of them. Um, if that isn't, if we, for some reason, we're down to guardian orbs before we have a winner. I will have uh, limpets that we drop and get pissed off at. And we may, <laughs> have to modify, we may have to modify the game from there, but we'll figure it out. Uh, I, I think they're going to blow up pretty quick, but I think if we go through over a hundred, we will have had a pretty good night. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start this around 8 PM central time. Um, so probably uh, I'll be live streaming on the YouTube and on the Twitch. Assuming I can get freaking restream to work. It's been kind of a pain the last few days. If not, I will just stream it to Twitch um, because YouTube you are the enemy. But 
Anyway. Hey, so you, you talked about putting together a little uh, mining event on August the 4th. Yes. Uh, hopefully, uh, the patch comes out on time on Monday, the 3rd. And then for the 4th, I want to do some, some wing mining uh, on all platforms. I've already gotten in contact with Devoluter on the PlayStation. And we've uh, set up a very weak overlapped LTD in Wolf 10, near Ross 310 to do some wing mining and to see, see how the new patch is doing. Cool. Well, when you first listed that and it said 8-4 mining event, I thought that we were going mining for eight hours, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's the same thing I thought. Like when Hate messaged it in uh, Discord, my first thought was 8-4. to four, huh? I'm going to have to be working. I'm not going to be available. Like any time zone in America, I'm going to be working during those hours. <laughs> so, so like I don't know. <laughs> so I messaged that like three seconds later. Oh, he means August fourth. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, um, the big thing there for me is that um, we have some new people in the uh, squadron who basically have just started and are trying to get a feel for everything. This is a good time to uh, flesh out your mining ships and figure out what you might be doing right, what you might be doing wrong. <clears throat> and um, well, because we're all basically going to be on the same page anyway, because it's going to be patch day or the day after patch day. And we're all going to be figuring out how the hell to mine um, because it's all going to be a little bit different that day. Because they're changing stuff again. Let's hope we still have the Void Opal hotspot when we get to Wednesday, by the way. So, um, yeah. <laughs> right on. Right. Um, so, the next thing on our list here is on August 27th. Well, okay. August 23rd is the one year anniversary of Loose Screws. August 27th is when we're doing a live stream. We got. Uh, Kai's going to be showing up. Dravenos is going to be showing showing up. Um, Derek from the band Delaney is going to be here. He played. He did the uh, guitar to our uh, intro that tracks put together. Um, co-host with me on our other podcast. Yep, yep. You beat me to the punch there. He goes <laughs> with uh, tracks with uh, on a uh, tone control. That's a uh, tracks podcast. So he's going to be here. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, we're basically just going to talk about loose screws. Uh, also go along with that is that I have, if you go to our, our website, loosegrewsed.com, there up there at the top, there is a link to a, a thing that says one year. And on that is a little form that you can fill out and just leave a little message about one year of loose screws. I've already got three or four submissions on this. I'm going to read all of these during the show, all of them. So if you want to, um, okay, I'm going to read the ones that are not, uh, you guys effing suck. Stuff like that. <laughs> those ones uh, have to you're getting be getting a ton of those, I bet. I haven't got a single one of those yet, but I guarantee you they're coming because I get a you guys effing suck every single email every single week. So <laughs> why, why do they not like you guys? It's 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 from the same guy. <laughs> like he yeah, has about three different emails and I figured out it's from the same guy. So you didn't you didn't catch that, Ty? Oh, uh, <laughs> you guys got to do a better job. I'm telling you. <laughs> so um, go there, and uh, if you have anything you want to say about loose screws, and then you want red online, 
um, as long as it's not lewd or um, anything. Like I said, up there. Yeah, not too lewd. I mean, you know, I'm going to be there. So. <sighs> I actually you know, started listening to that podcast again from the beginning to listen to the early episodes. And I tried that, you know, as I'm listening to them, I'm like, when did I start listening to the show? And I, I, it was pretty quick. I started listening really early on, but yeah, really? I'm, I'm up, I'm up to the pilot interview right now, but I think I started listening about episode four. Hmm. Nifty. Neato. So <laughs> I, I, um, I, I'm, uh, I'm, bleh, bleh. I'm going to try to get, um, maybe somebody really cool on like, uh, like that tie guy or, um, Maybe that Trek's got to join us, but I'm filling out some people who might want to come and hang out for a little bit just for the one year. Um, I don't know what we're going to be doing yet as far as the total things of, of activities. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to go find a Hasbro's and shoot each other. Uh, uh, anarchy? Yeah, anarchy system and shoot each other. But Battle. I don't know. Sweet. going to build a ship for that later. <laughs> I think I might be losing my voice, which is really bad because I'm doing a podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, hey, do the squadron update while I drown myself. Oh boy, I'm critically underprepared for this part of the segment. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vamp, vamp. We have moved a lot without doing any expansions this week. Uh, we've gained. 20% of influence in the Gubakayam system. Pardon me getting to that so slowly and then stumbling through the pr- pronunciation of that word. Uh, robot's eyes still got me messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Today we lost nearly 4%, so I'm curious if someone is working in the Gubakayam system. And if they are, this has worked last week. I really want to talk to you about it. Uh, but we're doing some some background, background simulation stuff, trying to get some systems full so we can start a invasion war that I'm super excited to get the loose screws into combat again. So it's, it's been a little while since we had a war we were actually like invested in. Uh, we also met up with the uh, Helsina Knights, signed a concordant, got some, got some terms of neighborhood conditions going. Uh, those guys are great. Uh, Hell's Master Kite streams on Twitch almost every day. Wow. Uh, as a ad hoc tutorial service in trading and general elite stuff. Anybody's you interested in that? Sounds good. You ought to invite them to our uh, mining event. I already enjoy did. That. Oh, cool. They they knew about it before our podcast listeners did. Yeah. Well, Great we see idea. Which, we see who you align with then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what else, hey? I want to give a big old shout out to McPherson, McPherson, and Pepper Grinder, both of which are over 500. Pepper Grinder is over 600 influence for loose screws. Jeez. Yikes. On a rolling 30-day drop-off, too. Like, yeah, that's all, it up. all recent. 
And I thought I played a lot. <laughs> well, You're owning it. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still. I'm over here, still trying to drink water, trying to get this thing out of my throat where I can talk. So, uh, I've just gotten to Midter and Hollow, and if the the listeners haven't been here, I know Ty's shouted it out like four times. It is such a trip watching the planet oh, yeah. go around. <laughs> It's 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 one of my favorite systems. Um, it just it's just beautiful to me. I, I love I love everything about that system. Um, I, it was my home for quite a while until I discovered. I say quite a while for about two three months until I discovered uh, LHS three one seven in Northrop, and that's about when I hit my first elite uh, because that was right beside Shinrata, so that was nice, you know. So anyway. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of news this week. Um, and I have a tinfoil hat theory I want to discuss with you guys, but, um, there is one big bit, big bit of news. I'm going to say big, big, big bitch of news, but it ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> big bit of news is that, um, so Wednesday we were supposed to get a patch, which was going to address some mining things. And, some crashing and stability issues. Uh, but they then moved it. Uh, they discovered some issues with the patch and moved it to August, Monday, August 3rd, uh, which I like. I like patches on Mondays or Tuesdays. I don't like patches on Wednesdays because I don't have an opportunity to test them until Thursday or Friday. So I much prefer patches on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so I do kind of want to go to patch notes here just a little bit. Um, the mining stuff, they fixed an issue whereby surface deposits created after cracking a mother load would flag themselves as depleted. I'm assuming that this is the, uh, or you shoot the abrasion blaster at the surface deposit, it does nothing. Yep, that's what's going on. Yeah, you were running into that a lot, Trax. Uh, yes, every void opal or low temperature diamonds core I found. Other minerals weren't affected for me, but were for others. Apparently, the... The workaround was to not shoot at anything on the surface before you crack the core, um, which I have just now verified in the Void Opal hotspot. So basically it's because they would often have like a surface deposit or a subsurface in them that I wanted to get before I cracked the core. If you do that, core doesn't work, uh, but that all that should all be fixed in like three days, assuming it all goes well. So <clears throat> we're going to come back to the second bullet point here um, because I do want to, that's the one I want to kind of dive into, but uh, fix an issue where loading into an instance in a system with a large amount of fleet carriers would cause long load times and causing a disconnect, uh, fix an issue which stop fighters being restocked from a fleet carrier, fix a number of issues related to fleet carrier positioning, better enforcement of the 16 carrier limit per body. Uh, preventing departing fleet carriers from taking up one of the 16 slots from the body they've just left. Further work to ensure fleet carriers are positioned away from nearby body sites, such as other fleet carriers. So to me, all that means is that we're going to stop having crashes around systems, you know, getting the orange sidewinder bug around systems with fleet carriers. That's what that means to me. Sounds good. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you got I think Trax got stuck somewhere because of Orange Sidewinder, didn't you? 
Uh, yeah, from my reading, it was particularly bad in engineer systems, and I had my fleet carrier in one, you know, doing some engineering like a feller does, and uh, couldn't get back to my carrier or anywhere. If I got to Super Cruise, I could not get out of Super Cruise. So the only fix was to jump to a neighboring system, and I had to fly my fleet carrier to that neighboring system to get to it. Jeez. <laughs> And then, of course, they gave me, the, you know, almost a thousand tritium, so I was fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Fell into that one. So, uh, just for re- just for just for reference, uh, FDev, my uh, tritium hold right now is sitting at like two hundred and some odds. So, <laughs> if you want to top me off and help brother out, I'd appreciate it. What's in your cargo? <laughs> It's in your so cargo, rich boy. <laughs> we don't it's, need to worry about that. Look, look. Times <laughs> are hard. Over there. If I fill up my depot, I'm going to be below 10,000 tritium. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The times are hard right now. Y'all don't. Y'all don't know the. Y'all don't know how bad it is for someone who has a, a crap ton of tritium and money in the bank. So. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I realize that I was probably bitching about stuff just a bitch about it. Um, that being said, however, I still don't like the way it was handled. But yeah, they probably should have fixed p- the people who were stranded. So it was cool of them to fix the people that were stranded. But I do, I just don't like how it was handled. So, you know, anyway. I was just, just in this moment right now, thought of something else. I wonder if they could have somehow like fudged it so that your tritium depot had could go over just for now you know what i mean like they could add magic tritium that would go above so just give everyone a thousand and if you had a full tank you'd have two thousand out of a thousand yeah and it I wouldn't really start don't. going down until you spent a thousand you know? uh, them them just filling the tank is fine but changing any bit of the code to make the tank bigger <laughs> would have probably made like landing gear no longer go down right if <laughs> They'd probably do that, and then suddenly tritium would spend at a thousand percent of its normal rate, yeah, galaxy wide, and the, yeah, get, well, the I mean, landing gear would it. all clip through the fleet carrier whenever your ships were docked. Well, I mean, it could have even been something as simple if they made the tank bigger than like that, so that you held more. But when you do tritium, it actually is always a percentage of your tank that is determining your jump <laughs> rather than the actual tritium burned. So that often everybody would have a different jump range. You know, I, I could just see that going so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, right? yeah. 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 Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have done the math on that, but the magic number on that is 256. If you keep your tritium hold at 256, you're maximizing your jump range. So, oh, because it because of the weight. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. I mean, assuming assuming that our uh, tritium formula is accurate, which it seems to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you are like never. Which I I did not follow my own advice when I filled up my tritium hold last week. Looking at you, Frontier. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, wait. Let me just say you're saying if your fuel tank is at 256, you're going to get the max jump <clears throat> range. That right. makes your fleet carrier light enough that you can spend 200. Well, so the trouble is you can spend 500 on a jump, can't you? No, no, you can go no. 500 light years. That's not 500 tons, though. Right. So you, 256 uh, must be the maximum you can spend in a single jump. 
So if they capped off your tank right now, it would hurt your efficiency. So we'd get an episode of you complaining about that. Is that, <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? Okay. To be clear, the efficiency <laughs> difference, the difference there is actually like 12 tons of tritium. So it's not a lot. So, but so yeah, if it's you're gonna a problem, but not a big deal. So we ask if, the question again, you're going to be complaining if, about it, right? If we're going to, if we're going <laughs> to, fuck y'all. <laughs> Hey man, move move on to the next topic or stay here. It's up to it's your show, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're gonna mix, if you're gonna min max your tritium usage, never fill up fill up above 250, 256. So okay, yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So here's the here's the thing in the patch notes I want to talk about, and the way they worded this, I think, is interesting because. Everybody's thinking that this is going to be the patch that's going to fix the, the, the tritium mining issue. So the way this is worded is interesting to me. Fixed issues related to diminishing returns for commodities and overlapping hotspots. Now, they're not telling yeah. us specifically what they did, but they fixed issues. Yes. Hit me. Now, Talk to me. Um, they they also like in in the forum thread later clarified directly like yes we are talking about the the tritium being found nowhere and other mining stuff not being correct like they're specifically talking about our, uh, this issue they do mean this i know that's worded weird i'm i'm basically i'm just like taking them at their word then that yes they do mean what we think they mean um it even though it doesn't read that way right but it all, it's also like it probably stems from we also don't understand what the issue was to begin with. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, too, because like, like, um, you know, I, I went out mining a little bit and like I didn't I didn't I mean, I didn't have any trouble finding uh, a paynot. You know, I spent about an hour and I found about 200 tons of paynot, which yep. is that's a pretty good return. Now, I was surface mining um, now. Yeah. I, I will say that um, I was in a single uh, non-overlapping hotspot, uh, but it was it was interesting because I really thought that it was going to be like desert and I would find nothing. Um, mm -hmm. But I do I do feel like that. Uh, Paint out was just fine. I did a little bit of uh, void opal. Mining in a single hotspot, that was pretty rough. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I felt like void opals were, were hurt pretty badly. Um, and you, the whole time I was in the paint hotspot, I don't remember seeing a single thing of tritium. Like no subsurface target, no nothing. Mm -hmm. they, uh, so, they spawn in different ring types. Are they both cold? Painite is metallic. Painite is metallic, and tritium is only found in ice. Oh, oh, okay. Same thing. When I was doing the void opals, which I know they're in ice, yeah, um, I didn't see a single tritium. So, um, yeah, that was that was a little weird because I was out there looking yeah. for my thousand tritium, thousand tons of tritium, frontier. But um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But um, it's weird that they worded it this way. Like, I would figure they would specifically said, yeah, we fixed the tritium issue, guys. 
they they did they did clarify later, but the way they worded yeah. this was kind of like I agree, strange. Yeah. Um, I I personally feel like they worded it this way to basically say you're not going to get the returns you were getting, but it's going to be better. We're not going back to pre-patch. Right. Um, which is, is fine. I, I don't think that the returns pre-patch were good for the game's economy. But, uh, I mean, they were good for my pocketbook, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's not very fun right now. It's confusing. Like, whatever the underlying issue is, it's not something that I think we, the players, understand. Um, I'm in a Void Opal spot, and I haven't found a single Void Opal. I found two Granditerite cores, and I'm finding a ton of Tritium everywhere. Um, but it, it's almost as if the hotspots are mislabeled. It does uh, feel like that, know. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was here at the same Void Opal spot last week, and I was finding Void Opals and just running into that bug and got fed up with it. Here's another core, Alexandrite. No Void Opals whatsoever. You know, I, I did find some Alexandrite cores, which, by the way, Alexandrite's going for half a mil right now. So, Yeah, it's sort of the lowest that I'll actually stop for at this point. Yeah. Well, it curves off pretty steep after uh, after Alexandrite. After that, yeah. it's like 300,000 for Monazite. Yeah. So, anyway. <sighs> All right. Let's get so, down to business. The patch, the patch is coming out uh, Monday. Assume they don't run into another problem. Um, and kudos to Frontier for saying, hey, we found a problem. We're not just going to release it. We're going to push it back a few more days. Yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty cool they did that. So, um, okay. So, this thought crossed my mind. So, you got to rewind the clock all the way back to June 9th, I think it was, when we got the fleet carriers, right? June 9th, is that right? Yeah, June 9th. So on June 9th, we got the fleet carrier patch. And we also got this cute little Galnet news article about Vitadine. Vitadine. Well, that was redneck as hell. <laughs> Vitadine nanomachine, nanomedicines, and them reaching the galactic market and them being released. So now. We've also we've already kind of pre-talked about this a little bit, basically saying that maybe this is something that will be in reference to Odyssey about being able to walk around and be able to heal yourself or whatever, or you know have a stem pack or something to heal to heal up a, a bullet wound or something. Or, mm-hmm. but now but. it was it. it we all kind of say, oh, maybe it's just nothing because it could just be for if they're doing thing. Well, here's my thought. So you got to rewind the clock back a year or so, back to when FDev said, said they're only going to make news, Galnet news articles about things that actually happen in game or are related to the game. So, yeah. The Vitadine Galnet post has got to be related to the game somehow. Uh, so isn't it uh, a rare commodity that was newly introduced? Yep. Okay, but... so Because so I was thinking the same thing as you until someone told me that it's a rare commodity being added to the game. And, you know, Occam's Razor, I, I'm going to believe the 
simplest explanation that requires the fewest new assumptions. So you're just going to poke holes all over my tinfoil hat, huh? It's not going to float at all. <laughs> well, I don't want you to. I don't want you to spend a whole episode on this and then say we have to push our main discussion back another week. Uh, if I have something to say, so I mean, I don't know, but you know that if that's true, if it's a rare commodity that's in the game, then that is a simpler explanation for why it could count as a uh, Galnet News article. Yeah, under the rules. Yeah, it. it... I guess it would fit both. Um, yeah. Okay. The, your explanation's cooler. Yeah, my explanation's way cooler. Yeah. I, I definitely think that it could be building some lore into the game for some things coming up, you know, like your mm-hmm. health packs and everything else. Because, yeah, it is it is a medicine. Why, you know, do we need a medicine of any kind, you know, in the game right yeah. now? I don't think it's and a story direct- chains are cool. Exactly. If it continues the story chain later on, it just adds more depth to the galaxy. You know, that makes me happy. Um, But I mean, right now, you don't really use rare commodities at all. So it really would just be another stepping stone going forward compared to the, you know, the commodity itself right now actually being something later, if you know what I mean. Unless they completely change how rare commodities work and they actually get functions. Yeah. (laughs) Which would be a big change. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm, I'm done tinfoil hatting about it yet. I feel like it's been perfectly poked out and not going to be what I want it to be. So, uh, sorry. Uh, are, are you ready for the button with chick chat? I'm about to I'm about to call it. You ready? We're doing it. All right. It's chick chat. We here at Loose Screws never end a sentence with a preposition. <laughs> I giggle every time. All right. So tonight on Chig Chat, I'm trying to do a Thai voice. I can't do it. Um, we are going to just talk about video games in general, but more kind of with what our main topic is later. It is interesting to talk about uh, how games have uh it uh, evolved and advanced over time, you know, like uh, I'm specifically looking at, you know, I, I've got one game I want to talk about specifically, but I, I'm thinking of, you know, like uh, Awan brought up a game and I don't remember the name of it. Ty, Ty showed a screenshot of this game from years ago and then the newest iteration of it. And the difference is, you know, amazing how far games have gone. So I started. Armored thinking, Core. What was it called? Armored Core. I've never played that. Uh, it it yeah, looks I hadn't heard of it either. Yeah. So, but then, you know, I started thinking about that. Then, you know, my brain goes to like, I mean, I played Madden football way back, you know, in like, you know, 1990 or whatever, and how that's advanced, you know, uh, through the years, just to, you know, damn near photorealism these days, or, you know, the original Legend of Zelda game, you know, the pixelated graphics, the gold cartridge, you know, one of the first, you know, console games you could save because there was a battery inside the inside the cartridge. And then, you know, went to uh, Adventures on Link after that, and then, you know, everything after that up to, you know, the modern Switch version. Uh, but for me, the, the one that blows my mind as the Half-Life series, you know, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, then, you know, that game is is where the mods, you know, really, really kind of really started digging into PC games back in the 
back in the day, you know, Counter-Strike and stuff coming off of that. And then you, you move forward and, you know, they don't do anything with it for years. And then they would come out and it is absolutely can only be played with the brand newest tech. And it's only VR now, you know, with Half-Life Alex in the graphics and the gameplay. And that game proves to me that you can do a first person shooter pretty damn well in VR. I, I know people talk about how it was built from the ground up, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it it's it's just neat. If you go back and walk, look, you can just YouTube the videos of, of the early Half-Life games and how when we played those back, back then it was mind-blowing it's like oh my god look at these yeah. graphics and now you look at them and all you do is is chuckle because now you can actually be inside the game and the textures and and it, it's it's mind-boggling and i just want you know i want to hear from you guys and i want to hear from people you know in the discord on chick chat you know games that y- you've watched evolve over time and and you know you still play you know however many years ago it was and you know i can hear about you know like this armored core game that i never heard of and you know i'm gonna check out now and things like that and you know hardware requirements moving up and and you know just everything that goes along with that just you know god right. we're nerds and talking about a game you know other than this sometimes is a lot of fun especially you know we're waiting until you know at least another six months probably until we get odyssey so we're gonna have to fill our time with some uh good jibber jabber and probably playing a little bit of other games here and there so uh what what game do you have in mind ty Sorry, my microphone on mute. All right, so <clears throat> I had to think about this the other day when you when you mentioned or whenever we were talking about it in chat because there's a there's a couple of titles that come to my brain right off uh, the Elder Scrolls series. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you got to think about how that game was back then till now, uh, and then you look at a game like. Warcraft. I'm not talking about World of Warcraft. I'm talking about Warcraft, like top-down uh, strategy game Warcraft, where it started off as pixel graphics, and then Warcraft 3, they moved to 3D graphics, and then World of Warcraft. I mean, that game has really evolved over the years, and Blizzard doesn't get the credit it deserves because that game is beautiful. Because people look at that game, they think, oh, that game's ugly as shit. Well, every single patch, they update the graphics engine, or every single expansion, they update the graphics engine with new and improved things, and don't get me wrong, it's an old game and, and it, it needs a facelift, but the things that they keep doing with older software like that is really amazing. Um, and another one that, that came to my mind was the Call of Duty series, um, which sure. it, people think like, well, that game hasn't really evolved a whole lot over the last you know, 10 or 15 years. Yeah, but go back to the original developers of Call of Duty were with another uh, company and they made a, a little game called uh, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault and all that. And you go back and look at that shit and compare it to now, and it looks like ass back then. And I don't remember it looking that bad. I just don't. <laughs> well, see, Warcraft, I want to touch on Warcraft for a minute because that that's yeah. a very interesting one because that actually kind of jumped, uh, uh, went from an RTS to a, uh, MMORPG, you know, it didn't just yeah. advance and get better graphics. It did, you know, through, you know, the first Warcraft and Warcraft 2, which was amazing. Warcraft 3, where I was like, eh, not as good. And then all of a sudden you had World of Warcraft. And World mm-hmm. of Warcraft, you know, 
you mentioned one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, you know, almost a year ago, how you feel that game, you know, kind of saved PC gaming. And I uh, agree with that sentiment quite a bit because at the time you had EverQuest, you know, that was out that that one, you know, you needed a high end machine to do back then. But World of Warcraft came out with like lower specs. So even somebody with a little bit older computer didn't, you know, could still play the game adequately and and they really really help pc gaming i think because it made it so that you know we have games today like elite dangerous that you know can practically run on a potato yeah you know it, you guys talk run on a potato but there's been a few people moving this week uh, and last week to pc from console gaming and you know their their pc is better than a potato and a couple of them were struggling to run it so Hold your tongue a little bit. Yeah, but their console is like a French fry. If the PC's a potato. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, um, I've I've made this argument before, but um, and and people have have talked to me about it. They're like, oh, I don't want to give Blizzard that much credit. They didn't say PC gaming. Yeah, they did. Um, because back then, uh, the Xbox 360 was king, and very few developers were developing for the PC. And uh, Final Fantasy XI had come out, and they were going to release on the PC and on the Xbox. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV came out a few years later, and they were, and I know it, it had a, an abysmal launch, but they were going to dual launch. Uh, everybody was thinking that gaming is going to, PC gaming is going to fall by the wayside. And uh, it was, what Blizzard did was basically say, we're, we're only going to release this on the PC because we're making this for PC gamers. That's what we're doing. If you want to play this game, come over to PC. I was working at Best Buy at the time. I have no idea how many people rolled through and said, I want to play Warcraft. And so they bought a computer to play World of Warcraft. That's yeah, what I mean, they did. Just by thousands the of people. Yeah, by the time Lich King launched, it was up to about... 12 million uh, concurrent subscriptions, yep. I believe. I mean, that, that, yep. it, was, it was huge. Yep. And, and, and here, I'm not real happy with the state of the game right now, but if you look at how that game has changed just in its own 15, 16 year lifetime, about how it started off as this, uh, you know, it wasn't the hardest MMO out there, but it was the most approachable MMO. But there were like hard modes, so to speak, because you could go raiding and that was hard. And then you know, after Lich King, they evolved it to where uh, anybody could uh, join the looking for raid group and go do the raids. And yeah, you wouldn't get the best gear, but you could go do the raids and see the story. And they 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 evolved the game with their audience. They grew the game up with their audience. Now I think they've missed the the mark on a lot of things right now. And I really am not looking too forward to Shadowlands, their next expansion. But well, once they started dumbing things down, I think that's where a lot of the hardcore players, you right. know, got out of the game. And once you start losing the hardcores and all you do is have casuals, you know, casuals come and go. Hardcore players are on all the time. So, you know, it, 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 I'm sure they have a lot more turnover these days than they did back then. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the deal is, is that, you know, that the game has kind of become this thing where you can kind of pick it up for a few months, play it, and then put it down and go play something else. And I think that's where they're going to leave it. I don't think they're going to do the the things you have to grind out for years and months and stuff like that anymore. I think that I think they want it to be a more casual game, and I think they've really hit their their 
for better or for worse, I think they've hit the middle mark there. And I think they're, I think Blizzard is happy with that. And I think that uh, players are happy with that. I think they need to fix a lot of things in that game. But uh, from a casual player's point of view, I think they hit the mark really well. And I don't think another MMO out there has hit the, has hit that mark as well. Uh, because I don't know of any other MMOs that have, that have been able to survive 15 years besides the original EverQuest and EverQuest 2. But their player base is significantly smaller. So yeah. I don't know if that's even, a, even should be really be considered. Um, but, you know, and Final Fantasy XIV is a, is a, is a great game. Uh, I've, I've played that game a little bit. I, I think it's a great game, but it's, it's, it's not my style of game. I prefer uh, more Western-looking graphics. Uh, and I think that Blizzard... I think that Blizzard has really evolved that game from what it was to what it is and has done a great job with that. Uh, another one I was going to mention um, is the Witcher series. So the Witcher 1 ran on the Neverwinter Nights engine. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. It ran on a heavily modified Neverwinter Nights engine. Uh, and Witcher 2, I believe, ran on a very much more modified Neverwinter Nights 2 engine. And then 3 was their own, what they call it? Red Project, CD Red, something like that. Uh, engine. Hmm. It might just be called. It, it, it basically runs on the same engine that... Um, uh, cyberpunk's running on, but the cyberpunk engine is going to be ridiculously modified for cyberpunk. So, anyway, what anyway, do you got, I, Rex? I, yeah, I'm done. Uh, you know, it's funny when you first were talking, I feel like I had something in mind. Um, and now that I've listened to this discussion for a minute, it, it, I've, I'm forgetting. I mean, for one thing, like Elite itself counts as this, right? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know, uh, coming from. 1984 or whatever. Um, but God, I want to try to remember what thing I was thinking of. I mean, some of these are, they end up kind of being, well, Ty mentioned Elder Scrolls. I mean, that kind of helps create a genre of games as it figures out what that genre is going to be, you know? And, And if you kind of look back to the history of what Elder Scrolls was and what it came from, like way back at like Daggerfall and stuff, um, and even the analysis of like what seems to get lost as games get more modernized, um, there are there are aspects of the depth and breadth of those games that was has actually shrunk. And I mean, people think like Oblivion was humongous and Skyrim is even bigger, but like as far as like square footage that your character can run around in, the earlier games were way 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 bigger. Uh, was wasn't it Daggerfall that had like a hundred and sixty thousand square square kilometers or something like that? that you can play. I, I, in? Don't, I don't know the number, but it was. I mean, it was massive. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, tens of times bigger. You know, multiples yeah. of, uh, and and so, <clears throat> it, it that's interesting. Like from a game perspective, right? Because and then there are other things that kind of simplify, and I think that both impacts and is you know it it both shapes and is shaped by our perception as we play games and what comes to mind is um like now that i've played tons of modern 3d games like if you go back and play zelda ocarina of time uh the dungeons are massively simple 
in a sense, like in their shape. And it's sort of like, that's all we were prepared for as far as 3D games were concerned at the time, because they were sort of new and we hadn't really like, you know, kids hadn't grown up with that yet. Uh, and our brains hadn't been shaped by it yet. And so like we had sort of a simpler understanding of being able to visualize ourselves in a 3D environment like that. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that that ends up being somewhat important to I'm losing my train of thought again, but anyway, that that's, that's a thing, right? Like our, our, at at the time um, it seemed insane. And now I go back and I'm like, it's it's almost like hard to see. It's so pixelated. (laughs) Uh, It's so low resolution. It's like hard for me to interpret it at the time. I thought it was crystal clear, but the maps were confusing. And now it's like, Oh my God, the, this, all these dungeons are, are like six square rooms. Mm-hmm. How could this be confusing to me? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, such a turn. Um, and then other things we get much more complex about and, and other things we get simpler about. So kind of interesting. So, those are, those are my thoughts. It's not exactly your question, but. Uh, no, it's, it's yeah. interesting though. It's another perspective yeah. on it. I mean, that makes me think of another game before I let hate give his thoughts. I, um, the Grand Theft Auto series. Do you, mm-hmm. do you remember the first version of that on the PlayStation? I actually searched for that to see what, what year it came out right before we got to it. Oh, God, am I stealing your game? You can just talk no, if you want. No, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because, uh, yeah, that original, it was, it was ridiculous. It looked, you were looking straight down from above, and you were driving on the streets and basically mugging and carjacking. And I think there was one where you had to park a bus in front of a place and blow it up. So you were even a terrorist at one point. Oh I mean, yeah, the original version of that game was crazy and nothing like, you know, the, the game that, you know, you see today. But what do you have, Hate? Well, let me, let me jump in here real quick. Okay. So uh, I went and looked it up. Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall is 161,600 square kilometers. Jesus. Thanks. Yeah. All right, I'm done. <clears throat> Mr. Hate? Uh, yep. Apparently it's my turn now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the reason I looked up when Grand Theft Auto 1 had come out was because I had thought that it was the wrong year. That game came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't look up any other games that came out in 97, but it had a lot of, a lot of triple a titles that have other subsequent titles, you know, like we're up to grand theft auto five. We have other games that are up to like final fantasy 30 or whatever now. And <laughs> yep. A Sorry, lot of final fantasy 32. I, I was trying to be facetious and I, I and I'm, I'm not sure if you're coming at me like that or not. But, oh no, I yeah. understand. No, I, aren't they only up to like fifteen? But the point is, like a bunch of them have sequels. It makes yeah. no sense to me. Final Fantasy yeah. twelve two or whatever. <sighs> Honestly, the name is Final Fantasy. How there was ever a sequel, I don't know. But, <laughs> but carry on. Yeah, I'm, ooh, I, I can tell you that story. But go ahead. And I'm just we'll come back to it. <laughs> the the growth of games and like Minecraft is looking like they're going to start doing snapshots again, even though they just had one of the largest updates they've had since the flattening. What was the flattening? I, I, I don't know Minecraft at all. The unifi- unification of code base uh, and 
changing the item IDs numbers from a pretty haphazard and sloppy system into a like straight numerical version and an editing of some of the rules so that they were clearer and easier to modify. And also opened up several of the, uh, the files so that modders could actually modify the game easier. Okay, do you play a lot of Minecraft, or have you over the course of the game? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Far more than I've played Elite. Really? Wow. Yeah, my daughter so, used to play a lot. I've, I could never get into it. So, so real quick, Minecraft's square, square kilometers is 4,096,000,000 square kilometers. Do you think that's enough? No. You know what? Elite More. Dangerous has 400 billion systems. <laughs> okay. It would be interesting to know. light years. It'd be interesting to know what the square kilometers is of all of the mapped landable moons because I bet it's more than that. But anyway, I'm done now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. I guess we could end this discussion then if that's where we're at. Just anybody else has some interesting games to to come look at. Um, One random thing as we were talking about that, I started thinking because you were talking about the size of the maps getting smaller and stuff. I don't know if even as our perception of them gets bigger. Yes, but like one of the very first PC games I ever played was it was uh, well, it wasn't really a PC, I guess, back then, but it was on a Texas Instruments back in like 83, 84. What is it? What does Wikipedia say that game came out? 1984, it looks like. And it was called Tunnels of Doom. And it was just this simple kind of dungeon crawler that you do. And you could set like the number of levels you wanted to the dungeon and everything else. So just randomly create monsters and you'd be going through this thing and you'd have, you could pick one of four classes. You know, you could be a fighter, rogue, or, or no, just, yeah, fighter, rogue, or wizard is all you got to do. It says four classes. And a hero class for one player. I, oh yeah, no, I remember that. But yeah, you could just pick one of these four classes and you could just go through this dungeon crawl and it would randomly pop, you know, creatures and shit in front of you and you kill them and you can make this dungeon like a hundred levels if you wanted and you just kept doing each level and you're just going through these tunnels you know old school gaming tunnels you know where it's just blocks mm-hmm. like old school doom and that, that was a fun procedurally generated come back yeah i mean if you look at an old school game and i'd be curious if anybody else ever even played that my one uncle had it and every time i went to his house i had to play oh can i play tunnels of doom he says oh you bet and he, he booted up for me so that was random, but that's that's all I've got on uh, random video games. Put it back in Ty's court. All right. So um, I'm going to link this video here if I can get it to pull up on freaking YouTube, but it's not working yet. I have to just go find it. But anyway, um, this video here, and I know it's a podcast, so you guys won't actually be able to see it. I'll put this into... <laughs> The recording booth and on discord i will put it into the video media links because it's freaking cool uh that's where they broke down all the different sizes of of different game maps to square kilometers oh yeah yeah and um it's really cool they even have no man's sky in there at the very end with a number i can't even read it's 31 
And then a seven with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, with 21 zeros behind it. That's at least that's a couple miscount. dozen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's a really cool video when you scrub through it to see all the different sizes of maps and stuff. So nice. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really, and I, I was a little shocked because I did not realize, I always, always felt like the Oblivion map was smaller than Skyrim. But it's not. Um, but I started thinking about it. Uh, much of Oblivion is flat, so you're able to walk straighter lines. Whereas in right. Skyrim, you got to do a lot of walking around the mountains and stuff, and, and, and or they, get on a they horse. You know, kind of right. They create artificial distance with obstacles. Yeah, right. Which is sort yeah. of a, a game development advancement in a sense. Right. And, and you know, um, you know, we talk about Daggerfall having 161,000 square square kilometers. It was all flat, guys. Like there was no 3D. Yeah, I mean, it was it was in 3D, but it was it was not true 3D. It was like Doom 3D. You know, there was there was no uh, actual depth to and, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah sprite base. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; it, it looked good for the time, but it um, anyway. Um, so, uh, last thing I'll say about this is that um, Dragon Age Inquisition is a perfect example of a game where they have a really large map and when you get to the areas where they want you to do stuff, there's a lot of stuff to do, but in between there's nothing. So they might have a really big map where you can walk around in it and do different mm. things, but it doesn't really matter it's because for the sake of largeness, right? They have like, you know, once you get to the little quest hubs, there's a bunch of shit to do there, but there's nothing in between, and it, it really feels like they could have spread that out a little bit. That's my biggest critique about Dragon Age Inquisition. So, all right. So, uh, the thing I want to go over this week, I want to go. Uh, we've had a couple of different requests about hardware, um, and uh, so and people people move into PC too. That had, not that they have been asking, but just like they're getting into this world right from console where everything's kind of decided for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and on that note is that um, here, when we get a little closer to knowing more about what the new Xbox and new PlayStation are actually going to be and whatnot, uh, which I know we already know some things, but I would like to know more. Um, would you like to know more? I would. Oh, my God. Perfect Starship Troopers reference. Um, <laughs> Flawless execution. Uh <laughs> I just rewatched that movie the other day. I did too, man. Timeless. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, the damn... Um, damn it. Let me lose my train of thought. All I can think about is, would you like to know uh, more? Computers. Yes, computers. <laughs> yeah, computer no, actually, stuff, you were mentioning yeah. the, the new consoles. <laughs> anyway, so the new consoles, like, I'd like to actually do a whole console episode one day. Because we're about... Like, we have a console people right now who are listening to this episode who are probably be like, all right, I'm going to talk about PC shit. I'm done. Well, we're going to have a whole console episode where we talk about, because Sony is releasing a list of TVs that are recommended for the PlayStation 5. And oh, I think it'd be cool to break. go. It sounds goofy, but like there, there is some, there's some differences that they're pointing out, which could be interesting to actually kind of discuss. So. But, but the new consoles, are the, yeah, the new consoles, they're just really PCs. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're just. Well, even the last generation, wasn't it absolutely. basically the same components just running with a. A specialized OS, uh, yeah, specialized OS, but some proprietary hardware in those too. That you, I mean, it, you could exactly okay. just pull yeah. out 
those components. Oh, no, I don't think they were. They're not formatted the same, but it's not like it's they were running on, you know, X64 CPUs, right? Right. Yeah. Not the same ones we can buy off the shelf, but it's not like PlayStation 3 that was that tri cell whatever uh, CPU that was totally different instruction set and everything else is completely bonkers and obviously didn't really work like they wanted it to. Yeah. And consoles are finally getting uh, solid state drives too. So load times will be way down. Oh my God, they don't have they solid out. state drives. No, <laughs> they do not. Current gen oh, do you gotta not. Be kidding me? I got it. Here's, so, here's here's the thing: you can actually replace your PlayStation with a with a solid state drive. They sell a solid state drive for it. You actually had to get a performance hit out of it, though. Figure that one out. What? Yeah. You get a performance hit out of it. It has got something to do with the way that it caches the data. It, like it doesn't understand that there's a solid state drive in there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Am I, I, and and yeah. before, before, before I get an email where someone corrects me, I might have that reasoning wrong, but I know there's a reason why, like even go into a solid state drive, you don't get a performance increase out of it. It could be, it could be. No, trim, trim related wouldn't be a performance thing. Okay. Yeah, I had never, never heard that one. Huh. I know during the 360 era, because I, I'm an Xbox pleb. Uh, in order to store games internally, and you still had to use the CD for the CD key, if you wanted to store games internally and your hard drive wasn't big enough, the USB outlets would allow you to use an external hard drive, but they would not push enough power to spin a disk. So you had to use an external <laughs> solid-state drive plugged in <laughs> through a USB port. Yeah, but old USB, you know, that was probably even... Before USB 2.0, wasn't it? And you, mm-hmm. yeah. They were equipped with USB 2.0s. It was too. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, that's good. Otherwise, it would be slower than reading it off of a DVD drive. Uh, Pretty much. The problem yeah. with Xboxes, and I went through, I actually still have the disc for Borderlands. Uh, the 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 male part that would hold the disc would break the layers off of the disc. <laughs> This doesn't seem right. I will. It seems wrong. Look for it and take a picture and put it in Discord for you. <laughs> I'm what not if, saying what, I don't believe you. What if you spit I'm on it before you put it on like there? That sounds like an error. Yeah, if probably. You spit on it. All right. So <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about computer hardware. Like like what is what is a computer, Ty? Oh God, we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> So what uh, what specifically what questions have people asked you? Man, I've everything from like is this processor good? Is that processor good? To what's a good video card? What's a good headset? Oh, man. Like yeah, like name the component and I've been asked that at some point. Um whether Discord or in um yeah. uh through email. And so unfortunately the cause of that question and the answer to that question are both, it's a lot more complicated than that. Right. Do you have a minute? <laughs> <laughs> so typically what I do is, is that I make a recommendation. Like I've actually had a few people message me and say, Hey, can you, can you tell me a good laptop to get? And sure. um, number one, desktop? I will do it. A desktop. It's a good laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll actually ask me like what laptop to get. Like, because they they would prefer to have a laptop over a desktop because of the portability of it. So, number one, um, TechSpot.com just did a review where they took like hardware uh, of a desktop laptop and compared them. And 
any website that tells you, and I've been saying this for years, any website that tells you that you get just as good performance out of a laptop as you do out of a desktop, they are full of shit. You, you can never shit. dissipate heat good enough in a laptop for it to run as good as a desktop. That's problem number one. However, I will also say they've gotten a lot better on that. But <laughs> um, uh, they, they, the heat is the, is the number one issue, and number two is the power. And we're going to talk about power in just a minute. So, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to, the parts I recommend, a lot of people argue with me left and right. These are the parts that I recommend for basically a high-end build. Uh, when someone says, hey, what would be a good process for something to me? The first thing I ask them is, what's your budget? Because yep. you got to have an idea of what you're going to spend. Um, there's certain parts that you don't want to skimp on. You can go a little cheaper on the memory. You can go for a little bit less on the video card. You can go a little bit less on the on the on the uh, hard drive storage. But there's certain parts you do not want to skimp on because it will hurt you in the long run. Um, and like I'm, the I'm motherboard, right? Power uh, supply. So, so speaking of motherboard, we're going to start with the motherboard. So the motherboard I recommend right now is the same motherboard I recommended six months ago. Uh, that's the Asus ROG uh, Maximus Hero. Uh, it's just a badass board. Um, I actually have a Gigabyte board in my computer right now. Uh, the only reason why I have the Gigabyte board in my computer right now is because uh, Gigabyte makes competitive parts with Asus. They work just as well. They last just as long, and I caught a sell. So, uh, yeah, that's the deal there. Uh, anyway, so that's the part I recommend. I think it's a, I think it's a damn good part. The um, matching up uh, gigabyte board, uh, I think it's the Aurorus series, is just as good as the Asus. You're kind of comparing apples to apples, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, the board I recommend is not necessarily hey get this specific board. It's get this you know get this board that will number one is going to fit your case which we'll talk about that in a sec but number two is going to have the features you want if you're looking for vr you don't want to buy a board that's not going to have enough usb ports you want to buy a board that's not going to um uh, uh have good uh usb controllers you want to although, know what those are. although the uh gpus typically have usb3 on them now specifically with intent for vr headsets you're right, they do. Um, which I believe the Rift S actually comes with a little converter now. Oh, but, really? Mine mine didn't, um, but... Uh, see, mine didn't either, but I've been told that they do. So, I don't know. Huh. Okay. Mine did. Did yours? See, I yeah. think you told me that it did. So, so. That, that means it converts to USB-C? Yeah. Uh, I it see. Takes okay. That, okay. Yeah. It takes that, uh, what is it, DisplayPort and converts to USB-C? Oh, the display port. No, no, USB to USB C. Sorry, I said that wrong. USB A to USB C. Yeah, okay. Right, 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 right. No, wait. I think we we're talking about the wrong thing. I, I think that it it converts. You get a mic the that proprietary micro uh, display port adapter. So micro display, display port. port. There, there's like a specialty display port. Oh, huh. Okay, that's that's something different. I haven't seen on the on the. 
Rift test. Let me just look up the damn Rift test real quick so I can see where. So I, I can tell you right off the top of my head, mine is mine was bought at launch. It has a though uh, there's a Y cable. Basically, there's one cable and then it splits at the end to a USB three mm-hmm. using a USB A connector and mm-hmm. a standard size Display Port. Yeah. So this, um, okay, that's exactly mine. Okay. So mine's the same way. Mine has the standard size display port and a USB 3. And the USB 3 is basically used for power and data. Um, and the mini display port's used for the display itself. Yeah. Now, looking at their specs right now, they, it's, it's a video output, a display port, or a mini display port, and it has an adapter included in the box. I don't okay. remember mine coming with an adapter. My so. mini display adapter. port is the Thunderbolt connector, the Thunderbolt 1 right. and 2 yes. connector. Right. Right. So there you go. That's but but yours did cheeks. So I got mine at launch. Tracks at yours at launch. Did you get yours at launch? Chick? Yeah, you, yeah no, I got yeah, yeah. I pre-ordered mine. Yes. How come yours is different than ours then? They knew it was I for him and they made special. it special. Yeah. <laughs> well anyway. Um how maybe it's in the damn box and I just didn't notice it. Shit. <laughs> it's definitely okay. not. All right. On mine anyway. <laughs> So um, right now, I'm still recommending Intel um, processors, and I've been reading this, reading the benchmarks that AMD is is doing great. I think that's wonderful. I love AMD. I think they're doing a great job. That being said, if you go and look at benchmarks, if you do your own benchmarks, you're going to find that the Ryzen's equal level Horizons compared to an equal level uh, uh, in uh, Intel. They just aren't quite there yet. Uh, and I really, really think it's software-based. I don't think it's anything to do with hardware. I think it's a Windows thing, but I don't know that for a fact. But either way it goes, the Intels are still performing a little bit better than the Ryzen. So if you're wanting for high-end performance, I'm still recommending the Intel Core i7-9700K. I know they got the 10,000 series out. I, I haven't seen any benchmarks on those yet, uh, but I haven't really been looking for benchmarks on them. I know that they're probably out there. Uh, I did read a review of like the the 10.9, was it the 10.900K or something like that? Uh, I did read a review of that. It looks like it's going to be a good com- competitor to the 9700K, but it's really new. The 9700K is tried and true. Go with that one. And plus, it's about to be cheap. So... Possibly, those sometimes it isn't quite like a commodity market where the price will drop off when the new thing comes on because they start producing them, and right. they're still desired by people whose chipsets prefer those sockets. You know that right. that's the other thing is like you're kind of you're matching uh, motherboard era with processor era, right? You know. Now, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I'm going to say this. The processor is a place you can skimp a little money. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to save a little money, like if you're looking at, oh, I really want that i7, you can go down to the i5. You'll be just fine. In two years, you can replace it with an i7, and you'll save yourself some money in the long run, and it'll be a damn good working computer the whole the whole time through. So uh, same thing on the AMD side. If you're looking for... Um, uh, like if you're looking at a Ryzen 7, go ahead and get your Ryzen 5 and about a year, replace it. Right yeah. now, Intel is probably about to swap, swap the chipsets uh, from the 1151 to, what do they call it now, the 1250 or something like that. 
Um, they're both the swapped the core, the socket. Um, but um, the 9700 is still on the uh, 1151 socket. So you could get an i5, what is it, 8500 or something like that, um, which would be an 1151 socket, swap it out for an i7, and you're good to go. So, um, yeah, my, my general theory, like I, I'm not picking out specific parts cause honestly, I don't follow the exact parts and what's going on unless I'm actively building one or looking to do an upgrade or something. But the, the theory here for me would be spend on the motherboard to get the latest generation of thing and then mm-hmm. get, you know, whatever the, to save money, like get whatever the mid range brand new thing is like the I five of whatever the latest, latest thing is, because you know, two or three years from now, they'll still be on the same socket and you can get an I seven, maybe an I seven that hasn't even been released yet. you know, in my case, the system I'm on now, um, I had, it has an 1151 socket. It's the 7,000 series and I had, or I guess the six and 7,000 series, which is exactly what I'm getting at. So I had an I five, 66 or 64 or something. And later when I got VR and I was like, okay, I need to move to the i7, my board after some BIOS updates could handle up to a 7700K, which was like a absolute top of the line processor the year after I bought my motherboard. It hadn't even come out yet at the time, but it was still compatible. So get the latest socket, I think, like you like Ty was saying, cheap out on the CPU a little bit, you can upgrade it a little bit later and you'll be fine. Yep. It's one of the few parts is a little bit it's it's a little daunting to upgrade. People think it's it's scary. It's not. Once you once you do a few of them, it's not as scary as it sounds. And plus, um Intel is kind of using the um I don't want to say pinless, but it's like the They're rounded pins. pins. I was yeah. about to ask if AMD is still using uh, actual pins. They're still using actual pins. Oh. Now, I think on their newest, like the ones that come out just a few few weeks ago, I think they have swapped them, but I haven't got to work with one of those yet. So I, let me tell you, the Intel is so easy to work with without having pins. Like you're basically just pushing the, the pins against these like little pads um, instead of into little holes. And I, I did an AMD CPU swap way back in the day. It was when um, it was Athlons and Phenoms from AMD. Mm-hmm. And I literally pulled some pins out of a CPU because it was so stuck to its um, thermal paste. And I destroyed oh. it. Just trying to like, I would think I was just trying to change a cooler. Yeah. And I destroyed it because pins. So why, why pins? Do what Intel's doing. So I actually bent a pin, like one of my first computers I put together, I bent a pin. It was just one pin, and I had the idea, well, I could just bend it back in place. And I bent it yep. back in place, and it, it worked. It did but it? it? It well, it wasn't a full bend over. It was just like a 45-degree angle. You know? uh-huh. so wow. I took well, some, good for you. Yeah, you I took can some find tweezers online and just where was, people bend a bunch of pins and are somehow able to get them back in place good enough that the Whoa. CPU will still work. It, it's it's surprising. insanity. Yeah, don't try it though, because. Um, well, don't try it for fun. <laughs> I mean, if you've got a broken CPU, try it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, memory. So, um, I like G Skill as a brand. I think they do a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, up until this last year, they had they were the king of memory. They had the fastest memory. Oh, they had the fastest overclock memory. I believe Corsair beat them out. Uh, this year by just a little bit. 
the G Skill Trident Z RGB. Everybody says, oh, I don't really don't want RGB. The Trident Z, anything after that, as long as it says G Skill Trident Z, is a good fucking piece of memory. Don't spend more money on faster memory. Yes, don't. It makes like less than 1% chance, less than 1% difference in overall PC performance. It, if you're, if you're on right. a low-end PC and you're going to swap the memory to faster memory, you will see a performance increase. But if you're building a brand new computer, if you're putting it side by side, you're not going to see much of a difference. So but just always, save yourself some money. Always remember to, you know, set your memory higher because it'll your motherboard will automatically set it to 2133 no matter what yep. the memory is rated yes. unless you go into your BIOS and actually set it's it to set. the correct speed that your memory can run at even without that you know we're not talking overclocking or doing anything special or fancy this is just setting just it to run at the speed that it can run to at. its actual yeah. timings and this is another place where you want to you want to buy half of what you're eventually going to have get something get a kit that is two sticks and then, you know, in a couple of years, get two more of the exact same sticks. Yeah. So another thing I get asked a lot is, well, how much, how much memory do I need? You need eight gigs of memory. All right. Yes. But you're better um, off with 16. You're going to be much happier with 16. And two and sticks of eight rather than one stick of 16. Right. Um, well, right. Always. I mean, well, always, did, nothing comes channel. as one stick exactly. anymore, does it? But, right. No. People no. do weird Well, things. my friend th so, threw an extra four. He had uh, 16, he had two sticks of eight, and he put like a, a RAM stick of four in there. He says, well, four more gigs of RAM can't hurt anything. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, again. just don't. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let me, let me, let me, let me despair, let me dispel some, some myths here. Number one, oddball sticks of RAM can actually hurt your performance. So if you have... It'll uh, down downspeed all of your stuff yep. and cause weird. Oh man, cause so much yep. strange things to happen. If if you have you are first of all, if you have four slots, you are always better off with four sticks than you are with two. And two is better than three. Always, there is no exception to this. You can have a stick of thirty to, of one hundred twenty eight gigs of RAM, and then two sticks of eight, and you are better off with that two sticks with that, uh, two sticks of eight every day and twice on Tuesday. In, in will, the only case you'd want to have absolutely, well, no, it, it's not going to work if it's mismatched. Um, mismatch is always bad, but if I mean there are, there are times when you absolutely just want the most RAM, but it's when you're working on things that aren't like games. Right. Um, where you just you need were, literally RAM, RAM size and the speed with which you're working doesn't matter as much as actually being able to hold it all in RAM. Right. But games carry more about being able to get in and out of there quickly and not hitting that RAM ceiling. The, the only scenarios I've ever read, I've only been involved in, where you're better off with uh, 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 having more memory even if it's like an odd stick is video editing and uh, audio editing that's the only two right. scenarios i know of and guess uh, what maybe, mostly video editing because yeah <laughs> video is humongous and audio is no big deal compared to video yeah um anyway so um memory is easy g skill trident z um ddr4 don't 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 trick yourself into thinking it's, it's more difficult than it sounds. They try to make it more difficult for whatever reason. 
DDR4, find a speed you like, find a price you like, and go from there. Uh, I do recommend the RGB RAM because it's pretty. You can do cool things with it, but that's up to you. So um, I don't have a glass case. You're missing out on life, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the um, floor. Oh, don't. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Um, okay. So video card. Um, the, there's kind of two things here. One, the one I recommend versus the one I think you should buy. So the one I recommend that you get is the uh, NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2080, the ASUS version, or the Gigabyte version. What a, no uh, love for EVGA? Or EVGA. This, this, they're good, too. I love EVGA. I, they, they did not make my list only because I was, I was remiss about typing. So, <laughs> um, so um, but the card I recommend that you get is a 2070 because of price. The 2070s are running about four, 450 right now. The 2080s are running about 700. 2080 supers are running about 700. Now I think I said it backwards. Did I say it backwards? I think I said it backwards. No, the 70 yeah, the, is in the 500 range. So that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The yeah, mid range yeah. card. Yeah, brain fart there. Sorry, I got distracted by steam flashing a cell back there on my in the background. <laughs> Buy me. Well, I got I got the freaking Microsoft Flight Sim page loaded up, and it like changed over to another thing. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I was like, oh yeah, I got to do the show. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so um, the twenty seventy is the one I recommend that you purchase. <laughs> but if you want four K. Uh, if you're going to be doing, if you're going to get a 4K anything, go with a 2080 because it's just going to be better. You can do 4K on 2070, you can do it, but I don't recommend it. You will, you will have to sacrifice. Yeah, like somewhere. 30 FPS, you could do for a 2070. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, even I, my I'm, 2080 running 4K, uh, you know, 60, 70 FPS. Yep. 1440, I can run 144 all day, but yeah, uh, you start running 4K, start pushing that many pixels. It, it, we're really looking to get crazy frame rates, you know, to match, you know, the new modern monitors coming out. We we need the next gen graphics cards. Yeah, but that's that um, was that was my next yeah yeah thing is like ultimately I you know I. I you're saying like you recommend getting this if you want to do 4K. I think if you want to do 4K, like if you are spending that much on a computer, you can wait two, three, four months, whatever it takes. I mean, it might be two months away. Well, you, you, you kind of beat me to the punch there because like, like I was going to the mindset of you have to buy something right now kind of deal. Here's what you buy. But Oh, I'll tell you, if you have to buy something right now, uh, 1660 super exactly and then exactly. save the rest of your pennies yeah because i mean and so the reason we're saying that's because nvidia is on the edge of releasing a new 3000 series of uh video cards and by all benchmarks that of all leaked leaked not real info keep in mind leaked <laughs> benchmarks they're about 30 40 percent better than the 20 than the 2000 series yeah. and we I have mean, no idea what the that's firmware advancements. It's other stuff on the die, and it's also just um, the 
uh, process size, like it's the the transistor size jump. It's, there's mm-hmm. a big size shrink that's happening with this generation, and that's why it's a big deal. It's not like the previous generation where it was just like advancements in how they organize the thing and how many transistors they can put on a board and cool it effectively. This is running lower power so they can cram more in there and then run it at the same power, and it's like humongous. Yeah. It's... um. But all, all signs point to the 3000 series are going to be amazing. However, um, we don't know anything about them actually yet. So uh, they could come out and be $3,000 a piece. We don't know. Uh, I don't. Yeah, think but that doesn't make out. sense. They, they, there's a price scheme that's been, in, you know, yeah. within $50 or so that's been existing for many generations. And they're not going to yeah. deviate from that. No, I don't think so either. I'm right there with you. So, all right. So primary storage. Um, you're going to want an M.2 drive. Uh, I recommend a, a Samsung 970 Evo, uh, the one terabyte version. There's a new version out called Evo Plus, which is great. It just improved a little bit overall in the performance. Uh, people ask, also ask me, do I really need a terabyte? Um, At least. I don't know. No. I don't, I don't, I don't know how many games, um, most people play. I usually have two or three that I kind of rotate through on my primary drive and they're about 50, 60 gigs a piece. Um, elites only roughly 20 or 21. Right. So it's, 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 I, I recommend a terabyte. So, uh, right now in my computer, I have a, I have that same drive. And it has 404 gigs uh, you, uh, free on it. So, um, I would also, I would actually suggest because that's probably a really expensive drive, right? Putting a terabyte on an M.2 stick. They're not actually, bad anymore. Dropped. Yeah, they're not bad anymore. That, oh, that yeah? drive right there is 180. Oh my God. Okay. No, definitely yeah. buy Ty's thing. Yeah. <laughs> always buy my thing. <laughs> screw, screw me. Uh, yeah, buy that. I, I got a 250 or something and I think it cost me 80 bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely well, you, buy Ty's you, thing. You, get, you give you an idea. You can get a 500 gig for uh, 100 bucks right now. Yeah, there so, you go. There but you go. I was about to tell people that. to buy a, buy a couple of cheaper, um, like Intel SSDs or something to stick on your SATA ports. Uh, don't yeah. don't do that. Just buy the M.2 thing and be done. Yeah. So storage always has a curve, and you always want to break it down to price per gig or price per terabyte. And the you're cheaper price per terabyte at the one terabyte mark than you are at the 500 gig mark or the 250 gig mark or at the two terabyte mark. So to give yeah. you an idea, that same drive of the two terabyte mark is 350. Yeah, yeah. So you're well. That's that's the, madness at that price. It's just, that's an easy yeah. buy. Yeah. So um, anyway, so. The, the next thing I want to talk about is cases. Um, I like NZXT cases. Um, I like full-size ATX cases. Um, I don't like small cases or anything like that. I like, I like normal computer cases. They're, normal. <laughs> I do. Full-size ATX, do. right? Not like mid-tower? Yeah, mid-tower. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, oh, okay. it's a, yeah they're, ranked, they're not a full tower. Those are like six feet tall or whatever, but... Uh, oh no! I, I, th- I thought the, the ones I have are cla- are I think classed as full tower, and they're not like they're not insane. They're definitely thicker, right? They're not like yeah. as narrow as yeah. the five and a quarter drive plus the plastic kind of deal. But um, have you not- seen 
Mine's. The, the ones with the transparent LCD panel on the side, so you can still see in your case, but still have stuff displayed on the panel. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fun. They're, they're, yeah. they're pretty neat looking. I think I buy power makes them. They do. They do. So well, if you're going to um, go for like colored RAM and stuff, why not, why not go all out? Well, okay. So a case is a very personal thing. Um, I don't recommend getting a super flashy case. I recommend getting something that's just kind of, uh, that would look good sitting on your desk or next to your desk. You don't want something that's going to, like a buddy of mine bought this ridiculously bright yellow case. And after like 30, cause he was really into yellow back then for whatever stupid reason. But after like 30 <laughs> days, he's like, I fucking hate this banana. <laughs> um, I myself awesome. have purchased this ridiculously purple case one time. And after about 60 days, I was like, I fucking hate this purple case. <laughs> and it's, it, I had it for like, I don't know, three or four years. And it was like, I hated carrying it around to different apartments and shit. And it, I hated that case. Hmm. But, um, uh, I, um, anyway. oh, that's pretty chig. I, I had, uh, an, an NZXT that I did not love. Um, it was sturdy. Um, but I also had this Corsair case that I really liked. Like all the mounting stuff was just a lot better. And like the threads were cut better on it and stuff. I think I maybe just got a dud NZXT. Um, it, it was, it was good. It was, it was, um, it was made to like be a quiet case. Like it had a bunch of like foam on the inside to try to dampen fan noise and stuff like that. And and that's nice. That's nice. But like the hardware and stuff was harder to work with um, compared to my Corsair. My Corsair is almost like the whole thing's like mesh. Like it's almost not trying at all to keep uh, noise out. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, um, which, you know, it, it, it also doesn't matter that much if you buy big coolers um, cause they're just not going to run very fast. Um, but it's, it just was a lot easier to work with and I'm quite happy with it. So yeah, I think there's probably a lot of things, but it's, if you go cheap, you end up with this stuff that where the threads are weird and, um, the cable management doesn't work as well as you want it to. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't ever recommend going cheap on a case, but also don't buy like a, well, at least not your first case. Anyway, don't go and buy like a Leon Lee, you know, <laughs> whatever the hell kind of like $600 case. Like I think 150, 200 bucks is plenty good for a case. Um, sure. Well, uh, one thing about a case too, is you can always use it for your next build most likely. So you get a case that you really like and spend a little extra if you, mm -hmm. you know, have to just because it is the one thing that can stick with you for multiple builds. That's true. I've got two computers in this case. You know, this is uh, this is my third build in this uh, H440 I have right here, but the case I'm actually recommending now is the NZXT H710. Um, it's just a good case. It's just a good uh, ATX mid tower case. Um, nothing special about it. Just it's black. I like I, I like black cases uh, because they go with everything. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, all right. So I have. Um, <clears throat> oh, a CPU cooler. Um, Corsair makes a really good uh, CPU cooler. And um, I'm forgetting the model right now. You're not so doing I'm a custom loop? Uh, slacker. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so let me talk about that for just a minute. Um, I have built custom loop PCs. Um, I have built water. He's meaning water PCs. coolers for those who yeah. don't know what yeah. that means. So... 
I am not the biggest fan of water-cooled cases or water-cooled builds. I'm just not. Number one, they cost a shit ton more, typically. Number two, um, maintaining the liquid inside is requires maintenance unto itself. Like once every six months or so, you got to drain it and refill it. Um, yeah, I'm not there. You will talk to different people who say, don't do this or don't do that. Uh, you don't have to do that often. Yeah, you do. Because if you don't, you'll get, you can get algae build up inside of the damn thing. And number three, well, mineral deposits, not really algae. Well, what well, it depends you, if you're putting called? actual water in it, right? Well, most of the stuff now is using mineral oil, which yeah. um, I've actually done a submersion build, by the way, which was one of my core builds I've ever done. Where you, the whole thing it was like a freaking yeah. aquarium. We submerged the whole damn thing. It was just, oh, it was. It was I didn't so find those pictures, this, but is this where you don't you don't have coolers anymore? You have. Um, I, I, well, let me describe what I'm talking about. Like I saw a computer like this once in a, in like a YouTube video or something. And it was a particular oil where the evaporation point of that compound was mm -hmm. like, um, was like 80 Celsius or something. Right. So basically there weren't any moving parts. There weren't any fans. Nothing was cooled. You just submerged the entire computer in that. And then bubbles just fly off of the bare CPU because as it gets yep. hot, that stuff evaporates, takes the heat up to the surface, and that's all. It's over with. <laughs> yeah. So what we did with it, we actually had a couple of, of uh, water pumps that we mounted uh, okay. to the front. And uh, I'd say to the front, it was the the side anyway. The whole idea was we wanted to have a little circulation to where mm -hmm. warm, uh, they would give, it wasn't water, it was mineral oils, what we had in it. But yeah. it was, that way warm oil just wouldn't just sit there. Even though, so yeah, it wasn't it was evaporating. Evaporate. It wasn't uh, like that you, finely tuned evaporation point. Right, right. Yeah. Right. It, no, we didn't spend that quite that much time. But <laughs> I don't know what I mean, it was. It was some 3M made this this uh, liquid. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of wild. Yeah. That, um, actually, I've seen that or uh, have seen one very, pretty sure we're talking about the same one. Probably. Uh, it was at some overclocking competition, right? It wasn't yeah. It wasn't an overclocked computer. It was just like the kind of place you'd see something like that. Yeah. It was it, it was a cool thing. Um, we did it for this rich guy who wanted a, a, a talking piece in his whatever the hell it was, and he paid a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money for it. So, um, yeah. Now, there is also off-the-shelf water coolers that can be purchased either for mostly for CPUs, but you can get them as GPU blocks as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how you feel, Ty. I personally feel like it's sort of a crapshoot uh, between the two. Like those won't require the same maintenance as right. building a, a custom system, but they also don't really perform any better in tests um, over a good air cooler, either in sound or in cooling. Like they're not going to keep your CPU cooler and they're not going to be any quieter while doing it because they have fans too. I mean, they basically pump the water through radiators that have fans on them. Right. Um, yeah, so but that's the same thing. The nice thing about, you know, an all-in-one, you know, I hate when people say, what is it, AIO, an AIO cooler. Just say all-in-one because you're saying it. It's the same number of syllables. But an <laughs> all-in-one is what you're talking about. <laughs> What's nice about using an all-in-one, though, is uh, it's a smaller piece that goes right on the actual processor. So you don't have that giant heat sink on top of your 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 cooler so you yes, really just you, you really true. just run the hoses 
to fans, you know, mounted, mm-hmm. you know, on the inside of your case. So it really makes a cleaner build, in my opinion. That That is absolutely mm-hmm. the, the case where they would be worthwhile, for sure. That, that's definitely something. So the, the, there's actually two. So I'm going to make three recommendations here. Um, there's two uh, air-cooled ones I'm going to recommend. And I'm actually going to recommend an all-in-one. Um, probably the, the lower tier. Well, to begin with, if you're going to buy an AMD one, just use the, uh, the Wraith cooler that comes with it. It's going to work just fine. I actually I am going to contest that. My AMD Athlon actually cooked out of the first... Like the stock CPU cooler. That's an Athlon, though. The uh, the newer uh, Wraith <laughs> ones. The Do newer those Wraith even ones exist? are actually really good. The Wraith? No, Athlon. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm kind um, of kidding. Huh. You're kind of so, kidding, yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, just so you know, man, you're, you're 100% right. There was a point <clears throat> where... The um, Athons were hotter than what their uh, CPU coolers could actually keep up with. Uh, that's not the case anymore. They've, uh, AMD has done a great job with their uh, cooler, with their Wraith series of coolers. They, they do great. Um, you know, if you're going to overclock it or something, don't do that. Uh, don't get a Wraith cooler. Get something better. But for Intel... Um, the Cooler Master Hyper 212 Evo. It's it's not the prettiest thing, but it's a damn good copper core cooler. Uh, it's got heat pipes on it. It works great. It's got plenty of clearance for memory on it. Works wonderful. Uh, the Noctua. Now, Noctua, there's not a better fan out there than the Noctua fans. They're also yep. ugly as shit. Oh, I don't um, think so. It's not a color yeah, scheme like, that you would like, though. I can see that. It's it's they look like someone pooped all over the damn fan. They're brown. They're <laughs> ugly as hell. But the Noctua NHD15s. It's always they're, poop with you. They're just about the best damn fans out there and heat sinks out there. They work wonderfully. Um, they might be a little overkill unless you're going to do some overclocking, but they do great. My one complaint about them. Is that uh, depending on your board and memory that you choose, you might have clearance issues. Uh, so you might have to turn them. Up, you might have to face them a different direction, which may not be the best way to do it. It just you know um, take take into account some of your uh, clearances when you're doing this stuff. So the third one I'm gonna recommend is the NZXT Kraken X73. Now that's the all-in-one. Um, it's a great little system. Um, I like this system a lot. I think it works great. Uh, I don't have it in my system yet, but it will probably be my system. It's also ridiculously priced at $230. I don't Ugh. think it's really worth it. Negative. But it looks really freaking pretty. Really pretty. Uh, it's 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 got a little display in there, and you can customize a little bit, you know, and it's it's a it's pretty. So... All right, <clears throat> we're getting down to brass tacks here because um, the one thing that people always talk to me about and then say, well, I can I cannot spend as much money on this particular part and they think they can get away with it and it's always a bad idea. It's going to be power. It's your, your power supply. There's two parts of the computer I say never skimp on. 
Number one is power supply. And number two is monitor. We'll come back to monitor in a sec. Um, the power supply I'm recommending right now is the EVGA Supernova 850. Um, it's 850 watt power supply. It's fully, fully modular. It's a, it's a little hanky to get in some cases because it is just a, about half an inch longer than standard power supplies, but it, it works wonderful. Um, I love the fully modular aspect of it. Most of them now are fully modular, modular anyway. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a, <clears throat> okay. Don't get in the mindset that, well, if I don't have a platinum plus or gold plus, it's not going to be a good, uh, mm-hmm. power supply. Uh, bronze is the minimum. If you can find a good deal on a silver or gold, go for it. But, I think most of the good ones seem to be gold rated, but that's that's an efficiency. That's not anything to right. do with the build quality. Right. And they're selling it like it's a build quality thing, and they put a price on it like it's a build quality thing, but it's strictly just efficiency. So Now, um, does that affect you, waste heat, though? Because I'm thinking, like, if something had a higher efficiency rating, doesn't that mean per watt supplied to your system, it's pulling fewer amps from the wall? You're exactly right. It, okay. it, 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 it does get it, like, if you're going to start, like, well, I'm going to save a little money electric bill and maybe it'll get a little bit less oh. <laughs> waste heat. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right on that. But uh, the difference between a lot of gold, silver, and bronze prices is $30, $40, $50, and you've, you're saving $5 a month on your electric bill or $5 a year on your electric bill. Is it really worth it? Yeah, it's you know? not much. Right. So um, I think now it, if you can get the gold and you'll find a good deal on a gold, because if you watch sales, you'll find a, a, you'll find a gold on sale and it'd be a good deal. But do not buy a 400-watt power supply because you're trying to save some money. You're going to hurt your, it, The computer will probably power up and it'll probably be able to play games, <laughs> but you will have performance issues and hiccups and just all kinds of things. It, power is the blood of the computer. You will hurt it. You can actually cause damage to a motherboard by underpowering it. Um, same thing with all the other components. You can actually cause damage because certain things can't clock right and certain things, uh, they can't turn the fans to the right RPMs and stuff. So therefore they overheat and problems like that. Don't go cheap on a power supply. Uh, Corsair makes good power supplies. Um, EVJ, of course. NZXT started making power supplies. I don't know about them. I've never had one. Uh, I might... Might do one in a build soon, just so I can have an idea of it. They look good. Uh, I like NZ. I like NZXT parts. I feel mm-hmm. like they do a good job overall. Uh, I've got a Corsair but, part in a couple of computers. Good, good stuff. Yeah, um, I don't. Corsair makes good stuff. I don't like their mouse and keyboards. They feel cheap to me. But all their other stuff's good shit. So, um, anyway, the next piece is the monitor. So. Um, Chig is probably going to argue with me on this, but the, (laughs) so, so you're wrong. Oh, wait, what? The monitor is the part of the computer that you have to look at. Don't go cheap on a monitor. Says the guy who buys RGB RAM. (laughs) It's the best damn RAM, man. What can I say? Um, It lights up and tells me it's the best. Anyway. um, (laughs) uh, Anyway. Uh, the deal with the monitor is this. You have to, you spend the majority of your time looking at it. So don't go cheap on it. 
Also, don't go by the $2,000 4K HDR screen because that's a little bit ridiculous. In three or four years, that monitor is going to be 300 bucks anyway. So um, the monitor I recommend right now is the Asus ROG Swift PG279Q. It's the same monitor I've been recommending for about three years now. Now, um, Acer makes the same monitor. It looks a little bit different. It has a different interface. But when you tear it all apart, it's the same screen. It's the exact same screen. Like you could switch, you could swap with the screens, not know any difference. And the Acer one's typically typically about $100, $150 less. But the reason why I recommend the Asus one over the, the Acer one is because the Asus one comes already assembled and it just, it's it's not ugly. The Acer one is ugly um, because it has this red, like I have the Acer one. And I really wish I had the, the Asus one. But the Acer one has like these red feet, which goes nothing with the rest of my com- my color scheme on my computer, and it irritates me all the time. So I got a little towel down there over it, so I don't have to look at it. <laughs> I got a little black folded up towel down there, so I don't have to look at it. And uh, yeah, but screen it's, screen wise, it's beautiful. It works great. It has G Sync on it. It has 144 hertz overclocked to 165. It it's got all the bells and whistles that I want. It's Will the beautiful. Acer version work with? G-Sync? Oh yeah. It's it's the yeah. exact same panel, man. Like every yeah, well, everything. So if on, if yeah. other components were different, it might not read right and it might not um Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the G-Sync stuff. Every every driver they've got more monitors included, so whatever. Yeah. It'll all come the, around, uh, I guess. I got a feeling before long basically everything's gonna be freaking uh free sync compatible, but anyway. Um I can go into a lot more detail of what G-Sync, FreeSync is, but there's a lot of articles that will explain a lot better than I can. Um, just Google them. That's what I recommend. So that breaks down all of the hardware. Um, the rest of the stuff is kind of bling stuff. So, um, and we're going to run through this really quickly. Um, mouse, mouse pad, keyboard. I like Razer. I like Razer shit. I like Razer headphones. I like Razer. Uh, I just got this Razer Viper. Uh, pro wireless thing for my birthday. Uh, my girlfriend got it for me. It is freaking awesome. It's one of the best mice I've ever used. I've never had a wireless gaming mouse, and I, I've actually liked. It. I've tried Mouses. a few out over the years. But I say mouse. Did I say mice? You said mice. Son of a bitch. All right, I've I've had a few razor. I've caught mouses. you on a technicality, sir. Well, uh, if you actually get into the proper English, both are acceptable today. Are they really? Yes. Yeah. Be careful. Wow. You're in the same. You're in the same uh, team now as Sarah Palin. I don't. It's a living language. Oh, that's good or bad. I feel. I feel a little conflicted on that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. No, I get so, it. I get it. Um, when it comes to keyboards, mice, uh, my advice would be go try out a few at like Fry's or Best Buy before you buy one. Um, the, the Razer Viper wireless, um, I have actually had this thing off its charger now for three days because I'm trying to figure out when the little light on it's going to start flashing and telling me the battery's going to go out. And we're on day three right now and it hasn't done it yet. It's supposed to have an 80 hour battery life. And I don't know how many hours we're in, but I'm hoping I make it to Saturday before I have to put it on the, the charger because I think that'd be cool. And you can also unplug the wire from the charger, plug it into the mouse itself and use it wired if you want to. That way you don't have to worry about oh, you. That's a nice feature. 
Yeah. That way, you know, that way, if you forget the chargers, oh, darn. And the charger's magnetic, so you can just, like, throw it up there, and the damn thing charges. It's it's a damn good mouse. It's light as hell. It's it's the best mouse I've ever felt that's mm. wireless. I've never had a, I've never been happy with a wireless mouse. Oh, okay. I like a heavy that. mouse. Does it have RGB? I, I have weights in mine. Mine has real. weights as well. Come on, what kind of pro gamers are y'all? Come on, no, man. the pro gamers use weights. Well, I don't know if it's been a lot of years, but back in back in my day, the you use weights because it gives you more precision, right? You have you're moving something that requires a little more firm force. I actually like a heavier mouse too. It took me a while to get it used to this one. <laughs> it did. I wasn't sure about it when I read how loud it was. I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. But I really like it. I did not expect to like it as much, but because of the weight issue, but I really like it. It's really good. Uh, I got the Razer Huntsman Elite uh, keyboard um, because I like Razer shit. I like clicky clicky keys. Mechanicals. I'm hitting hitting my mute button instead of... (laughs) You're (laughs) testing out your clicky clackies on your mute button? Uh, No, I I, I like clicky keys. Razer has has their... makes their own switches. And uh, they were given a lot of ridicule about not going with the MX switches. But I have used uh, MX Cherry switches, and I have used uh, Razer Purple switches, and Razer Purple switches feel better. They just feel better. I don't know why. You just like them because um, they're purple. I Caught guess. Ya. I don't know. I, I guess, man. I don't know. I, everybody likes. Everybody knows I like purple. So um, Anyway, so... Um, uh, I'm listening to tracks everywhere right now on the Razer Nari, Nari, however hell you say it. Uh, wireless headset works great, love it. Um, I don't. There's a professional version which makes the damn things vibrate or something. I don't want that. That would drive me insane. Um, uh, for our speakers, go. I have the Razer Nomo speakers. I didn't get the Pro because uh, it adds RGB in a uh, thing. When it comes to speakers or whatever. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Razer speakers overall because I feel that they're a little bass heavy instead of just being flat. Um, but mm-hmm. I do like I do like the Razer Nari uh, headset because of the wireless option on it, and uh, that way everybody can hear me pee when I go to the bathroom and forget to hit mute. Yep, and, it's happened. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I like Razer mouse and key- Razer mouse and keyboards. I think they just do good shit. I've actually tried out. Uh, uh, Still series. I have tried out Logitech. I have tried out. Um, there was a point in my life where Logitech actually, uh, back when I was doing a little bit of tournament gaming, uh, Logitech actually sent me a mouse to try out, and uh, I didn't like it. I fucking hated it. I went back to my razor and uh, told him so. So uh, anyway, um, I think mine's yeah. a Logitech. I've had it for so many years. I think it's a G5. It, it's all worn it, off. It really bulls. It's really just a personal choice. Like yeah. whatever feels comfortable. Uh, I've Corsair. I, I, I bought a whole Corsair suite. I bought a keyboard, mouse, mouse pad, bought a whole Corsair suite because I, I was going to try out a different brand besides Razer. And I sent all the shit back in like two weeks because I just didn't like it. It just, it felt cheap. Corsair externals just feel cheap. I don't know what it is about it. They just feel cheap. Razors are heavy, except for the mouse. And metally, and just they just feel good. They just feel awesome. So mm-hmm. anyway, 
I think I'm done. I think that's all the hardware. Yeah. Yeah. That's all the hardware. That's good. Um, that's a, that's a bunch of specific recommendations and also some theory. Yeah. Um, right. I'd like to try to do this, you know, basically twice a year at the end of the year, middle of the year, because I do get a lot of questions. I do run a side business for building computers. Uh, I'm not trying to advertise that here. So don't misunderstand me, but I do get a lot of questions here about that. And I, this is, you know, uh, it is my career and, and I, uh, I'm, I don't want to share my ego here, but I am good at it. I'm damn good at it. In fact, um, not the IT part so much, but more building custom computers. I'm damn good at it. Um, so, uh, a lot of, yeah. Lot Sorry, of it just sounded argue. like you were saying you weren't good at your job. <laughs> I not, maybe misheard I mean, you. Okay. Everybody, everybody goes to IT because they want to build badass computers. But you know what you don't do when you get to IT? When you expert, you get to upper echelons <laughs> of IT. Build any you don't fucking computers? build Right. You don't get to build badass computers. You know what you do? You write policy and you write people up who don't follow the fucking policy. So <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm sorry that you clicked on that email that we told you not to in the training that you had a week ago, but you get to go back to that training. If you go again, you get fired. Stop clicking those emails. Stupid. Anyway. Stop sending international faxes, inter- international emails from the fax machine. Don't get me started that shit. We're not talking about work. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I think that's I think that's gonna be it for the show. I'm I'm done. Yeah. I have talked enough tonight. So let uh, me let me just hop in just yeah briefly. This Chig's final thoughts. Yeah, you you loaded in a whole lot of very specific information that somebody would have had to have been taking a whole lot of notes in order to keep up with all of it. And I, I agree got links. With, I'll share. Yeah, I, I I agree with you know a lot of what you said and you've got, you've got some, you know, great equipment in there. Uh, but just to break down, just back to the absolute basics is, is know your budget when you start, if you're building a PC from scratch, um, you know, you, you need that budget to begin with. And I had, when I quit playing wow, like five, six years ago, I kind of got away from PC gaming and I was, I was console gaming for the most part. And then, you know, about, Two years ago, I decided to get back into PC gaming and hadn't upgraded in a few years. So I was definitely, you know, a couple generations behind on stuff and just kind of needed to re-educate myself. And I knew I wanted to spend about two grand on a computer. And I did something that, you know, computer builders like Ty and a lot of PC Master Race people would frown upon. I went and started looking at the the pre-built companies out there. You know, you've got your iBuy Power PC, mm-hmm. Cyber Power PC. You know, there's there's a, there's a handful. Alienware. You know, you've got all of these these companies, and th- there's definitely problems with going that route. Um, you know, you're, well, some you're not, are a lot more um, of a premium thing than others because yeah. those that you mentioned are not all in the same. And not ballpark. always, exactly. You, you don't get to pick your specific parts at times. Like you, you could end up with an EVGA possibly, or you could end up with a gigabyte maybe. It, it, you're not guaranteed for sure, but but it, on their website, you can kind of look and you'll see like a case that you like and then look at the price and the components and, and you can kind of start at a baseline, you know, some, you know, like, uh, you know, which level of processor stuff, but you see exactly what that costs. And then you can take a look at it and then you can customize it. And that's where you can start kind of mm-hmm. 
educating yourself. You can like, oh, you know, I don't need an i9. Let's see what's an i7. And you save yourself $200. Ooh, that means I can put a little bit bigger hard drive. And you start kind of moving the pieces around, doing some research. You know, I, I went weeks, you know, playing around on the site. I, you know, I was waiting for like Black Friday to show up to see if I could get a better deal. And, you know, kept kept moving parts around and researching, doing all my research and ended up, you know, seeing the computer I wanted, then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go price out these parts on Newegg and build this computer myself. I'll save myself some money. It actually came out cheaper to buy it through them. Now, I, I, I just said, well, screw it. I'm going to have to get rid of bloatware, all that stuff. And I, I, I decided, you know what, screw it. I know enough about all that side of it. I ordered it. It came. I had to go through, you know, obviously, um, you know, flatten the OS. Well, their wire wire management, cable management isn't uh, the greatest. You know, things like that. I opened it up. You know, it did all of that. No bloatware at all on on the system. It was just oh. a clean. It was a clean Windows install. So I, that was a a joy. I didn't even have to remove like McAfee or Norton or anything. It was it was it was clean as can be. Um, and it's been a great system for me. You know, since since I did that initial, you know, I've added a couple M2 drives. I've uh, I went from 16 to 32 gigs of RAM. You know, I I, I replaced all the fans because I'm like, you know, as as Ty was pointing out, you need as much RGB as possible to get to get the best frame <laughs> rates. So so you know, I, I I've got RGB, you know, new fans and all. You know, I, I I've up, I've upgraded from that. So with a little bit of knowledge ordering from a place like that where they can hurt you is if you don't have any knowledge yourself. Cause if it shows up and something isn't plugged in right or something, you're going to be mailing it back to them. Cause you're going to have no idea. And their customer service is God awful. Cause about six months later, a friend wanted me to build a PC for him. And I, I was on board. I was, I was p- putting together a parts list and stuff, but as I'm doing this, also an I buy power PC who I'd never ordered a computer through in my life had a had a one with an i i seven ninety seven i nine ninety seven hundred and a twenty eighty super in it and it was under fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like we're not going to mm-hmm. be able to build anything better than that. No chance at all. They send it out. You know, wire management was a complete nightmare. Cable management was a complete nightmare in it and stuff. And then all of a sudden his uh, his fan controller didn't work, you know, lots of little things. But once we jumped through those hoops, you know, we actually got their customer service on the line at one point. Oh my God. I, I had to tell the guy, I said, okay, I think I know more than you. So we're going to let you go now instead of arming <laughs> anything. You know, we, 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 we pieced it together, troubleshot it. I found the problem. And that meant that I didn't build help a friend build a computer. Then every time that something was wrong, I was going to have to, you know, go to his house and fix it. So, you know, sometimes sometimes that's a good route, but if nothing else, just their websites and the number of options you can change, you can really figure out where your budget's at and you can kind of educate yourself along the way. That's that's all I have. Cool. So, um, hey, you have any last uh, squadron orders? Don't fly without rebuy. Always check the gravity before you land. <laughs> Solid advice. All right. Trax, you got anything else, Bubba? Uh, no, sir. Um, stay safe, everybody. <clears throat> and um, yeah. we'll see you hey, tomorrow. P- PCs are fun, but we don't actually think we're better people than the rest of you. I do. I think I'm better than everybody. <laughs> but anyway. No, right. you think Texas is better uh, than everywhere. Texas is better than everywhere. Anyway, all right. So, um, 
Check out our website at loosecrewsed.com. You can find all of our contact info on the contact page. Um, Come to Discord if you start playing the game because you will need help, even if you're into sim games. And it's really fun once you get over the hurdles and there's tons of people here to help you with that. Yep. Always feel free to email us, message us with any feedback, questions, or suggestions. I read them all and respond to them all. Maybe not always in a timely manner, but I will. Sometimes it takes me a while to think how I want to respond to certain things. But anyway, um, if you like our show, please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Also, if you really like our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. These things go a long way to grow our show and community. And yes, I just read that off of the little <laughs> yep. script thingy. He's reading again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can reach me uh, if you want to at Twitter. Uh, I am at T-Y-R-V-O-L. Best way to always reach me is on Discord because I'm not always on Twitter because it's that stuff and I don't always like that. Uh, Trax is an audio engineer, has his own podcast, Tone Control, jntrax.com. Chig, cheese us out, brother. All righty, everybody. <laughs> this has been a long show. Holy crap. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> and honestly, along with giving us reviews on the sites, you know, we, had, we haven't, haven't pimped ourselves out much lately, but uh, word of mouth, too. You, you have anybody, you know, new to the game, send them our way. Give, tell them to listen to the podcast or even just send them to the Discord because always, you know, looking to grow the community. Now, cheese time. Uh, this week's cheese, um, we're going to go with good old provolone. Most people are very, very familiar with provolone mm-hmm. cheese and Italian cheese. A great sandwich cheese, especially a, a hot sandwich of any kind, like a steak sandwich, you know, with some... Uh, mushrooms and, and onions chopped up into it. <clears throat> Good! So that's a cheese of the week. Provolone. Uh, stay cheesy, everybody. <laughs> I still can't believe we do this cheese thing. All right, we're done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.